My favorite uh, dinner is egg salad from the BP because it's cut well, and I just love gas station egg salad. Dude, gas station sandwiches are delicious. They're so good. Yeah. They're cut so well. Uh, I've only eaten like gas station hot dogs and hamburgers. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with meat. I wouldn't fuck with like gas station hot meat. Well, that's the thing about like um, AMPM is pretty good, like burgers and hot dogs and stuff. And then like uh, Wawa and Sheets on the East Coast are supposed to be super fucking good. Yeah. I, I never had them, but like I I have cousins from Philly that fucking swear by Wawa. We have Casey's gas stations in Iowa. And one time I went in and saw them spritz the hot dog to like make it look better. It'd been <laughs> on the yeah. rollers for so long. And I was like, yeah, I'm so hungover. I'm going to buy that. I'm just gonna buy it, and I did. That is good salesmanship right there. Nice wet hot dog. <laughs> oh, I I mm. bought that wet hot dog. Was it good? Uh, well, like I knew beforehand the process to it, so it kind of took away from the magic. You know, the best way, the quickest way to eat a hot dog is to get it wet. That's how all the hot dog competitions eat, do it. They like dunk they, it in water. Yeah, it's so plain it hot dogs that they dunk dunk in water. Just goes right down. Slides. I wonder what the record is right now. That's a professional sport. So. You need a solid lubricant in order to get that wiener all the way into your stomach as quick as possible. Hey guys, you might not have expected this, but the chicken salad I bought from Walgreens is kind of hurting my stomach. Is that? Is You're that true? Have diarrhea. <laughs> the egg salad was one dollar more expensive than the chicken salad, and that's what. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so the current record it was broken again this year by Joey Chestnut who broke his previous record from last year. What is this record? The uh, most hot dogs for the hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut eats a lot of fucking hot yeah, dogs. He, he ate 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. <laughs> He's got like a That's so many hot dogs. He's running a 20 on the Bristol stool scale. No, wouldn't I think uh hot dogs generally make your poos harder, don't they? Do do they? Cuz they're it's protein. Is he negative in negative numbers? Is he shitting rocks? I read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle and I still eat hot dogs. Someone should give me a medal. Isn't that mo- uh, book about time travel? Isn't that book about time travel? No, it's about the uh, meatpacking industry in what Chicago. The, what the fuck am I thinking about? I don't know. There's the also- time traveler's wife. No, it's like uh, uh, Foucault. <laughs> Foucault's pendulum. Fupa's pendulum? Foucault. Fupa, Fupa's pendulum is or- much different from Upton Sinclair's The Gungle. <laughs> <laughs> The Gungle. That's a good. It's uh, a good name for uh, one of those uh, cities where shootings happen. That'd be I'm, a good nickname. I'm gonna be honest. The I don't gungle. get that joke, but I'm here to support it. I just like mispronouncing shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so mispronouncing the jungle as the Gungle is very funny. <laughs> Ah, yes, the smell of hot-cooked hot dogs on a nice summer day at the ballpark. Brr, the feeling of the cold at the NHL arena. The crack of two NFL players smashing their heads together and causing permanent brain damage that will ruin their lives, both financially and uh, living, um, what's the word? Fuck. Fuck, I fucked it up. Hey, welcome to Thought Police. (laughs) We're talking about sports today. Uh, I'm here. And I'm with Maggie Gates, Rory Strawnmock. And we're just three sportos getting into our favorite games. I love all sports. You know, let the record show we did go to the Cubs Cardinals game this that, year. That's we did true. That. The yeah. three of us together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw Dexter Fowler. I reached out for Papa, and Papa did not reach back. Yeah, he did not, but he was looking mighty fine on that field. Daddy Fowler. Um, so a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today. It's going to focus mostly on the NFL, probably, because that's what I know the most about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might get into a little bit of NBA. There's not going to be a whole lot of MLB or NHL stuff because no one here... Knew, like, if Christina was here, we could talk about the NHL, but she's not. So <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea like anything about... I know they have a salary cap. No idea what the salary cap is. No idea if it's a hard or soft cap. It must be pretty high because remember when Alex Rodriguez got paid a shit ton of money for several years and everyone was like, wow, that's a waste of money. Alex Rodriguez is a baseball player. You, weren't you just talking about baseball? No, NHL. You're talking about the National Hockey League. <laughs> with the puck. Yeah. It's not a ball. That's right. The MLB doesn't have a salary cap. <laughs> 
which is why players could get paid exorbitant amounts of money. Uh, which, for example, uh, there's all kinds of baseball players that you could see him. Like, I don't know what Mike Trout makes, but if he's, I believe he's one of the highest paid players in the MLB. If Wait, really, hold up. Really His quick, name he, is Mike Trout? That's a classic yeah. baseball name. Yeah, but there's some good baseball names here. I also want to pause. You are moose knuckling really hard right now. Can you put a blanket? There's a blanket right here. Just FDR that shit. What is... I don't... It's the you know male what? version no. of Camel Tail. Okay. Here, here's a blanket. It's going to be too fucking hot, dude. Dude, your like legs this. are essentially bare. <laughs> and there is a, a I'm piece of... I'm just not looking over there. What I looks like, like the cloth they hang up in abandoned buildings so you don't go into the wall covering what little parts of your legs it is. Yeah, because it's fucking hot, dude. It's so hot. It's not that bad. It's, it's comfortable right now. Um, so like, I don't know what Mike Trout makes, but if I saw him in most people, if they saw him walking down the street, no idea who he is. Whereas Tom Brady makes a fraction, like a small fraction of what Mike Trout makes. But because of how the NFL operates, the NFL is by far the most profitable league. Uh, it's the most popular, has the biggest TV ratings. The Super Bowl is the most watched thing on TV every year. And there I looked it up. The net. Hold on. The net that they catch Mike Trout in. No, so oh. <laughs> thirty-two the, the thirty-two teams in the NFL made two hundred fifty-five million dollars in revenue last year each. The uh, salary cap for each of those teams is just over sixty-nine percent of that. So there's all nice. that money out there. Yeah, that's that is nice. There's all that money out there that isn't going to these players, and especially in the NFL, there's no guaranteed contracts. The only guarantee you get in the NFL is whatever your signing bonus is. So if a player gets hurt and they're out they don't and like to the end of their contract they don't get paid for any of the sh- any of the games they missed and the reasoning behind it like if you were to ask an owner is that these players are playing such a dangerous game that there's a high probability that they'll get hurt and if they get hurt why should we be paying them whereas the reverse is true these players could get hurt and then they're out of all this money and they're risking their bodies every day to make the league and the owners and everybody else all this money make all these TV ratings and then they get hurt, and then they're not entitled to any of that, which is absolute horseshit. And then they, that's why you see so many players leave the league. Like the average NFL career is something like three years, which usually doesn't even run out their full rookie contract. So they're out of the league on their smallest contract they're ever going to make. And now they just have to find a fucking regular job. And they don't have a college education for the most part. The ones that do, they were a lot of times in the NCAA because you don't get paid in the NCAA, but you're making all these football programs huge amounts of money. So they yeah. have you skip class and shit to go to football practice. So these these guys don't have an education. All they know is their entire life is playing football. Then they're out of the league with no money. That's so frustrating too because like college professors only make $2,000. What is it? Like per semester class? Ad- and adjunct then- professors make, I think, $2,000 okay. per class. Yeah, And then all these coaches are making like a million dollars a year doesn't oklahoma's coach make a shitload what's the one football team that they like change their jerseys every year oregon yeah oregon i mean yeah i think because oregon's propped up by nike they they i mean hey, if you and look, rest in peace nike yeah, uh, yeah. Nike's, nike's canceled poor uh yeah <laughs> everyone has to destroy their 600 dollars shoes that they already bought to protest nike did you see that brandon wardell tweet where he uh uh, redid a tweet from Ben Shapiro and he's like, guess I got to throw away all the Nike socks that I jerk into. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was good. Yeah, I, I mean, most of these schools in the NCAA, the coach is the highest paid person at that school. And at least one school, it's a public university. So the coach is the highest paid state employee, <laughs> which isn't to say, I mean, a lot of these coaches are bringing in tons and tons of money to their state. Like, especially in the South, these football programs are fucking huge tourist attractions and shit people drive down all over the country to come see like alabama play football but the people who are producing the product of the football game are the players and none of them make a single dime not off jersey sales they can't accept any like money from boosters they can't the teams aren't paying them they're it's they get hey, a scholarship hey, 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 and that's hey, you it you are for oh yeah there's <laughs> a there's a netflix show that's kind of like dance moms but they categorize these young male football leagues like elementary school to middle school in the south and it's called friday night tykes and the coaches are just so mean to these kids they're having them do like four a days yeah i mean i don't know because i don't really know how peewee football works i never played you talking about pop warner 
Yeah, Pop. Well, it's probably Pop Warner. Which, side note, what the fuck is Pop Warner? Pop Warner is like one of the, I forget, I think it's four or five people are like known as the inventors of football. Pop Warner was one of those people. Pop off Queen Warner. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's not really any, I don't know what the regulations are for Pop Warner. Like, I mean, it's children playing the sport. They're, it's not, they're not getting paid, so it's not like it's a huge industry or yeah. anything. So I can't imagine there's a whole lot of regulation going uh, on. Love to exploit child labor. Ugh. And then, I mean, a lot of these kids are like, they're starting off when they're in like third, fourth grade, start playing football, and they're playing throughout grade school, elementary school, high school, into college. And then if they're lucky in the NFL where they can finally start getting paid after playing for, you know, 15 years or so. And then they're out of the league having made a couple million dollars and have no education and no job prospects. Yeah, well, there's also, now I'm going to the book that I annotated, Dreamland by Sam Queenwans. That might be his name. I looked up the pronunciation earlier. We don't know. But the 2009 Akron Zips team, which were in Ohio, they had um, a whole section of it just sort of dedicated to all of these middle-class white football players were getting into opioids. Because, uh, like, they had, like, all these parents who were, like, doctors and lawyers and kind of pushing the perfect life on them. And then academics were, like, nothing. It was, like, how well you performed in the weight room. So these people would pass around, like, an entire jar of, like, opioids, like, after and before practice that they were getting prescribed by their doctor. Just, like, a jar of jelly beans? Just a jar. Yeah, just a jar. (laughs) That they were just passing back and forth and like the coaches didn't know about it, but they'd like pop Vicodin and then they just go in there and they'd get so fucking injured. But the thing about like they would, their parents would put them in rehab, but rehab wouldn't usually work for people. And especially they would get like addicted to heroin, obviously, because molecularly it's the same as opioids, especially Oxycontin. And uh, rehab, they'd go for like three weeks but it takes two years for dopamine receptors to start working naturally. So they would just come back and they'd overdose and they'd die. Yeah, that's a, I mean, a, a huge problem. And I know this, uh, there's similar things that happen in the NFL where their, you know, teams will come back on their flights back to wherever their home stadium is. And on their flights, the team doctor is just like saying like, all right, who's hurt? Here you go. Here's a pill. Here's a pill. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then. Is it still going on? Because I know they tried to They've tried to curve it. it um, I'm sure to, I mean, because teams try to get a competitive advantage any way they can. So if it means like their star running back has a fucking hurt neck, but they need him to play again on Thursday, then they'll be like, here you go, just take one of these and just don't tell anybody about it. And meanwhile, there are players like Josh Gordon on the Cleveland Browns who's basically, if he if he gets one more marijuana infraction, he's out of the league for good. And these players aren't allowed to smoke pot which acts as a painkiller, but they're getting prescribed all this insane fucking Vicodin and shit that's going to destroy... They're, they're like going to get addicted and destroy their lives because of insane rules. Like Even in places like the Denver Broncos, they're in Denver. They're still not allowed to smoke pot. They have the same rules they have to follow as everybody else in the league. And I mean, it's not just smoking pot. It's any yeah, cannabis any, product, right. anything and thing that doesn't have the psychoactive effects. Stuff that is purely a pain reliever right. is completely out of the question. Correct. Is Antonio Brown, the one who kicked the other dude in the face, is he on the Cleveland Browns? No, he's on the um, Raiders Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be that Close would enough. be uh that would be funny. If he was on the Cleveland if, Browns. If Brown was on the Browns? I'm sure there's someone on the team oh with the God. last name Brown. Yeah. This episode is dedicated to them. To the Cleveland Browns? Uh or to whoever on the Brown team. on the Browns. I'll, I can look up the roster later. I dedicate this episode to the Ravens player who is a published mathematician. There we go. Oh, the is it their kicker? I can't remember who. He's smart as fuck. Their kicker, uh, or at least he, I don't know if he's in the league anymore. He was on the Vikings for a little bit. He's a very, very smart guy who like has written about like women's issues and stuff in different publications. He's a very cool guy. And I can't remember. And he's in the NFL? Are he we going to wa- get into women's issues on the NFL? Yeah, you want to get into that? Oh boy, do I. All right. So, as we know, the NFL doesn't care about their character. Not their characters. Oh my God, I'm such a theater person. Everyone is just players? a character. Characters. <laughs> Jesus. The NFL you, is like you have to Disneyland. Go to, you have to go to an audition to make the team. So they don't care about their Shakespeare entourage. Uh, I, okay, this bit is not good. But on top of like not addressing CTE, like the NFL has attempted to suppress... Dr. Bennett Omalus, who's a Nigerian-American physician and 
neuropathologist, like research on CTE and brain damage. So already we get it. They don't care about their players. But then like the players in that, like in 2015, 44 active players were accused of sexual assault. And it's it's crazy, too, because like the NFL base, I read 45 percent of their fan base is females. Yeah, it's a wildly popular league with women. Yeah. We got, uh, in case you need a refresher, we got Baltimore Ravens, Ray Rice, former Cleveland Browns player, Johnny Manziel, Dallas Cowboys, Greg Hardy, Tampa Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, Pittsburgh Stiller, Steelers, I can't read today, Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> Chicago Bears, Antonio Holmes, San Francisco 49ers, Ahmed Brooks, Philadelphia Eagles, Jordan Hicks, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Wait, stop. Their name is Buffalo Bills? Yes, yeah, they're dude. very famous, famous old franchise. <laughs> okay, Buffalo Bills, just delete your account. <laughs> Richie Incognito, what a shitty last name. New York Jets, Brandon Marshall. Hold, hold up. Is, is his name, like, birth name Incognito? Yeah, he's the same guy that got in trouble when he was on the Dolphins for bullying. Should have been more incognito about it. Buffalo Bills. Wait, I'm sorry. Can yeah, you after the back? serial killer from Silence of the Lambs. Or, no, you're pulling my chain. <laughs> <laughs> I will believe anything. Wait a minute. So what's it named after that name? It's, it's like a, it's just a historical yeah, person. The, the character or about a, the Buffalo Bill. Or like a folktale legend. Like, I mean, he was a real person. Because there's a Buffalo Bill Museum in Iowa, too. And I always want to stop. I'm like, is that the killer? Who is no, he? No, the killer was a, a guy, fictional. Did he like start oh. the post office? He was a, a a hunter. Is he the one they sing? He was a buffalo soldier. About N- no. All right, well that guy's a mystery too. Isn't that song about like fuck? I have no idea. Okay, wait. There's a lot of questions we got. It first. Can we start off right. with who is Buffalo Bill? Uh, so let's start with Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, and this I'm just straight reading the Wikipedia article. He was a. American scout, bison hunter, and showman born in LeClaire, Iowa Territory. Iowa! Shout out my home state! So he killed shit and he put it on display. Okay, that sounds like someone from Iowa. Buffalo Soldier by the late great Bob Marley. Uh, Buffalo Soldier refers to Buffalo Soldiers who were black men in the U.S. Cavalry that fought in the Indian Wars after 1866. Hmm. You know, you learn something every day. And Bob Marley linked their fight. And this again, straight from Wikipedia. Marley linked their fight to a fight for survival and recasts it as a symbol of black resistance. Hmm. Interesting. You know, like I said, you learn something every day. I'm eating my pineapple. Anyway, as far as like, yeah, there are a ton of players. And I I do think for the most part, the NFL has gotten better about it. At least ever since Ray Rice. No, I mean, before Ray Rice, it was like you get suspended for like a game and that was it. Oh, for boo assaulting who? a woman? Yeah. Who was a football player who assaulted a woman in the elevator? Ray Rice. That was Ray Rice? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that on TV. That was terrible. Yeah. And the only reason the NFL reacted the way they did is because the public reacted how they did. So when, when it first happened, he was suspended for two games. And then there was video of him dragging her out of the elevator and they uh. kept it at two games. And they're like, well, we don't know what happened in the elevator. A word? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until the footage came out inside the elevator where they upped it to four games and then oh, the public man. reacted and then they made it indefinite. Oh, God. Well, we don't know how she incited the situation, so we should let him play. Right. But, and the thing is, the way the NFL operates, though, is <laughs> they need they only do shit when there's video evidence. So, like, Greg Hardy is a good example. Well, I mean, that's a generality for the American public and the world public as well. That Right. Well, the only reason they react at all is because if their profits are threatened. Yeah. Well, the, the league will, but people in general will turn a blind eye to anything they like unless they're f- confronted with it right in their faces. Right. And it's, it's why we're seeing like the past 10 years more and more shit with uh, police killings of civilians because it's actually recorded that that's been going on forever since a, the idea of police has been around and that we're only giving a shit because we're confronted with it because we can see it with our eyes and it's so easy when it's not there to just ignore it right and then and that it's it we should count ourselves so lucky 
that we even get to see these things and at the same time be horrified that that is a good thing at all. Yeah, like obviously social media has publicized it more. I don't know if it's made like crime rates and things like abuse in the NFL go up or down, but we definitely hold people, I think, more accountable because it and that's more of late than ever. At the very least in the public court. Right. And that, I mean, in the NFL is a company, so they care about what happens in the public court more than they care about what happens in like actual court. So for another example is uh, Greg Hardy. He was on the Carolina Panthers when what happened happened and pictures came out of what he had done to his girlfriend at the time. And he got cut from the team. The NFL, no punishment. So he ended up getting a nice big contract with uh, Dallas and was like put as like a leader of the Dallas Cowboys even after everything that happened. And I think Jerry Jones, when like when asked about it, was like, "Well, there were no uh, the charges were dropped, so you know, as far as we know, Jerry uh, Greg Hardy didn't do anything, which is fucking absurd." He and the only reason he got cut after that was because he did didn't have a very good season. But the reason he was on the team was because he was a good player. They just didn't give a shit about what he had done. Mm. And, it's in line with the idea of a cowboy, though. Historically, cowboys... Yeah, not good guys. <laughs> they're horrible people. Yeah. In the American West? Who did Gran Torino? My dad... Lo- oh, Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. My brother's named after his son, Kyle. I should know this. Ew. Um, yeah, my dad loves cowboys, but we should have known what was coming. He says the good, the bad, and the ugly. Two negatives don't make a positive there, no. Clint. And his name's Clint. I and mean, his name's Clint. On. Wow, what a fucking name. You meet a Clint on the street today, you're like... That person is wearing pastel pants and he has HPV. Pas- what's pesto pants? Pastel pants. <laughs> oh, pastel. Okay. Pesto pants. <laughs> so pesto pants pesto. is when you just stuff a ton of noodles in pesto sauce <laughs> down your pants and you're like, that's a Clint. <laughs> do you have more on football? I mean, do, do you want to go back into women's issues with it? Because like, they also, the NFL likes to play out. I think it's October is... Um, when everyone in the league wears pink shoes to raise breast cancer awareness. I don't think the NFL donates a single fucking dime to breast cancer research or anything like that. But they say, hey, we're good at women's issues because we have everyone wear pink shoes for a month. Well, that's how tons of corporations just sell shit in like grocery stores and products in general is slap the color pink on it. Susan G. Komen Foundation. Susan G. Komen, dead woman who is having her name just besmirched as fuck by this foundation who's using it just to profit. The breast cancer awareness campaign? Yeah. yeah. They barely give any money to breast cancer yeah, research. Yeah, they came under fire for alleged discrepancy in how much of the profits from the merchandise actually goes to breast cancer research. So, fraud? Alleged fraud? Yep. Love love to commit fraud. Shout out to all my fraud committers out there. No, I just wanted to like rile off people's names. Dude, and keep going. You're not done. You got at least 30 more you names. You said Richie Incognito. That's where you left off. And then the last one was just New York Jets, Brandon Marshall. Oh, nice. Those are just some of them. There was 44. Again, listen. And a lot of those players are still in the league. So, in, I mean, some really? of them. Um, ben Roethlisberger is still the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, and I he's done a lot of shit. Yeah. Greg Hardy, I don't know if he's in the league anymore. Richie Incognito just retired recently. And then he think he was trying to get back in the league. Johnny Manziel is playing in Canada. Hey, yeah. And you know what? If you want to know what book I was reading, that that was a very small part of. It's Phoebe Robinson's You Can't Touch My Hair. And she is a really dope comedian. So um, that's one of my books for today. That's a plug for her, cause um, fuck watching football. Well, I I uh, I agree. I, I it's watch just on like boring. It's uh, it's a <laughs> slow game. It's a game that is not. It's not truly about watching the game and paying attention every second. It's about getting together with your friends and having fun on a Sunday afternoon, or a Monday night, or a Thursday night, or a Saturday afternoon, or a Friday night. How many fucking nights is football on now? Uh, high school football is on Fridays. College football is on Saturdays, unless it's the MAC, in which case it's usually on Wednesdays. NFL football, there's one game Monday night, one game Thursday night, and the rest of the games are on Sunday throughout the day. All I'm saying is that uh, the NFL and by association, the NCAA and whoever runs high school football, they're all about healthy relationships with the people around you and having community. That's what they like. Oh, that reminds me, as far as the opioid thing, the... there, get back into it. There's a good 30 for 30. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but it's about the 1985 Chicago Bears, which does kind of touch on like the beginning of endorsements for players like from local you know, car dealerships or whatever. But a very good part of it is uh, 
looking at, oh, it's going to piss me off. I can't remember the fucking quarterback's name. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon has horrible CTE, and it goes back and forth, checking on the, like, going through the Bears' 1985 season and then looking at those players now where they're at in their life. He lives out in Arizona because the air is super dry, so it doesn't hurt his uh, CTE that much. He has to, like, go to a doctor and get, like, pressure moved off of his brain, like, once a week. It's, he's lit, he, he, he's done a very good job of, like, catching it when he did because he could have ended up, like, you know, however many, there's been players that, like, have killed themselves and shit because of the the effects of CTE. There's a, uh, I can't remember his name. He played for the Miami Dolphins and his daughter, he was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame a few seasons ago. And he asked, before he died, he asked his daughter if if he's ever inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, if she could give the acceptance speech. Uh, and then he shot himself in the head with a shotgun in his truck uh, because of his CTE. And she was going to go and give a speech about CTE as his... Uh, acceptance speech and the NFL said no only players only players are allowed to give their own acceptance speech since your dad's dad he can't give an acceptance speech no acceptance speech for your dad in effect they suppress as much stuff about CTE as they fucking possibly can yeah just like CTE suppresses as much life as it can that's true the NFL truly is the CTE of players (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's it'd be a thing to talk about, interesting to talk about, is the NCAA and how they don't pay athletes. Uh, oh, yeah, they don't pay any athletes. And isn't it? Did they? Is it kind of a crime to accept money, or is it just against contract? Because they can kick out a player for taking money or taking anything. Well, the NCAA itself can suspend the player, right? So yeah, like. And then there are times where players get away with it, which is like people sort of shit on like the um, University of Miami teams that were like, there was a big rivalry between Notre Dame and the University of Miami. There's another good 30 for 30 about that called uh, Catholics versus Convicts. The So Miami was like sneaking players' money, which it's against the rules. Good for them. Every team should be sneaking every player fucking money. Yeah. Uh, and so people like shit on like, oh, the only reason Miami had all these good players is because they were getting paid. Well, every player should be getting paid in the NCAA because they're raking in billions and billions of dollars for this crooked ass organization as well as the schools through tickets. Like the NCAA is making all this money off of TV deals and shit. Meanwhile, the schools themselves are making all this money from number one, people like graduates donating money to support the football team and then in turn support the school itself the ticket sales for games goes directly to the school and then merch sales like it's in uh until a few years ago video games like there was the ncaa basketball and football games where like the likenesses of the players were in the video games and they weren't making a single dime off of it it's insane all the money was going to the ncaa holy shit it's the ncaa is like one of the biggest faces of labor exploitation in the country and nobody cares because like everyone says well they're getting an education out of it yeah they're getting an education but how much education are they getting number one number two that education isn't adding up to the amount of money they're bringing into the schools in the NCAA itself and like they say like you know there's there's other aspects to it like paying for other programs and stuff well these other players at other programs a lot of them aren't getting scholarships at all and then like you know women's basketball might not make as much money for the school as men's basketball or men's football but it's still if you're uh like a big there's big (laughs) women's basketball programs that are making a fuck ton of money for the school and it's not like they're getting propped up by these other teams they're making money in their own right and all the schools should be sharing the money and every player should be able to get paid for what they're doing hell yeah i went on a bit of a rant if anybody has anything to say yeah i mean that's that's yeah i'm with you they should definitely be getting paid more. Why, um, did, why did you not burp directly into the mic? What are you doing? We have too much. You know what podcast this is. All right, let me. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. <laughs> um, I just wrote down interesting facts about opioids to try to tie in at points. Well, go on. Just, yeah, just, get into it. You want a fun fact about opioids? Valium was actually marketed mostly to women to relieve the stress of their lives as mothers and wives. Wait, Valium isn't. Oh, diazepam? I don't know. Valium was one of the things in there. Yeah, Valium is definitely something that people abuse. Yeah, uh, but I just think it's very funny that it was marketed to relieve the status of their lives as mothers and wives. That's like... Yeah. That kind of The rhymes. stereotypical, like, the... Lives. The, like, 
quote unquote Xanax moms now who like are popping a Zan, pop a Zan and drinking wine. Yeah. yeah, that's where it started. So if you guys want to know the history of opioids, it started in the Civil War when Southern states planted opium poppies. Then they realized it might be bad. So they passed the Harrison Narcotic Tax Act of 1914, where police arrested uh, doctors who were prescribing opioids to addicts. And then, of course, fucking Nixon comes in and permits methadone as a treatment for heroin addiction for Vietnam soldiers. So that's a little bit of the history. But also um, another very interesting fact about opioids was so when they passed the tax act, it was like still going on. And the government didn't know what to do. So in 1935, they made this narcotics farm where convicted criminals and drug abusers went. And there was a section of this farm and it was known as the Addiction Research Center and it tested opioids on them. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Were most of these convicts uh, not white? Nope. You mean like the players in the different uh, sports leagues? A lot of them were um, of different ethnicities and also LGBTQ. Yeah, that sounds like uh, the American government's MO in the 20th century. Yeah, they said uh, there was like a lot of famous jazz musicians there too, but they were like from the 1940s, so I don't know who they are. Jesus. I mean, that's... And then they closed it down in like the 1970s. It took a while for that to happen, huh? Mm-hmm. At least Tuskegee got shut down pretty fucking quick. Quick being relative. It was t- the Tuskegee fucking syphilis experiments were going on. Oh, wait, I'm probably wrong about this. Those must have been going on for like 20 goddamn years. Hey, I've been doing some freaking syphilis experiments in my bedroom, guys. Come on now. But it was really bad because, um, too, like opioids were so bad because they, for so long, they were prescribed like unregulated. There was only one scientific study and it was published in 2001 <laughs> in Time Magazine. Um, Jesus Christ. And it was like considered a landmark study that basically said patients wouldn't get addicted. And that was like this only study they had until like 20, like 14. Yeah, you can't really do a study once. Part of what makes a study scientifically rigorous is being able to replicate it. That and that's one of the it's core tenets of a scientific for, study. For you can't, a peer to review a study if they have not seen another study like it. Precisely. Yeah. And it was it was super hard, too, because mostly it was like um, the pharmaceutical companies were bringing in so much money. And like Purdue Pharmaceuticals just had so much money. So people who were dying usually settled because they were like considered trailer trash. So then none of these studies could be performed. And that's like mostly why it went on for so long was because the pharmaceutical company was just, it ran everything. That reminds me very much of the um, study, the New York Times study on CTE that was done uh, maybe last year where they found there was, uh, I believe 20 brains were donated of by the families of players who had died. And it was all families that thought my, I think someone in my family had CTE uh, what, like my player hus- husband who passed away at CT. So you, when you look at his brain and like 19 of the 20 brains found that there was a signs of advanced CTE and the NFL tried to play it off like, well, yeah, but these are all families that like thought that they might have CTE. So of course they're, they're going to like test positive or whatever. <laughs> but that's like the Jesus idea that there's an industry Christ. where there's so many fucking families coming forward saying like, I'm pretty sure my husband died because of CTE. And then they're right. And then you're not even accounting for all the players who have fucking blown their brains out yeah, so they can't, can't get ex- tested for it anymore. can't test a brain that's splattered on the back of a windshield. Right. The- I just, w- just want to butt in. The Tuskegee syphilis experiment lasted from 1932 to 1972. So pretty much just as long as the fucking opioid testing. The narcotic farm? The narcotic farm. I want to read a book on it because it seems so interesting that they just, I don't, I yeah, I don't know. I need more of a visual on it. God. The fact that we didn't put most of the American government in jail at the end of the 20th century is, well, the history of America is built on war and social criminals. I just got a 700-page book that's the history of the CIA. Oh, get ready to be fucking sad. <sighs> you won't believe the number of people they tried to get to kill themselves. And the number of people they did. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, my dad and I are reading it now because I'm trying to change his thoughts on things. Oh, man. Please tell me. Please, yeah, how's please that report so back far? to us. Oh, he has a lot of thoughts on Roswell. That's what he's focusing on? Well, he's also reading a Roswell book at the same time. Okay. Because 
It's the, it's 700 pages. I'm not still, sure where he's at. I haven't even the, started it yet. The history of the CIA is chock full of, ah, let's just uh, kill all these people in this country and hope that the person we put in is going to give a shit and then watch them genocide the yeah. fuck out of their own people. Yeah. And let's be like, yeah, at least they're not uh, yeah, communists. At least they're not communists. Yeah. <laughs> God, we've destabilized so many There's countries. the other countries and then there's COINTELPRO in the United States. Oh yeah. And the, I just learned about COINTELPRO recently. You, how did you just learn about that? Dude, and you know why it was is because one of the guys we, I follow on Twitter's ad is COINTELPRO. I was like, I wonder what that means. And I looked what? it up. I love yeah. how every one of our episodes just resorts to don't trust the government. Like every single episode. Oh, we have a very fascistic government for yeah. what's supposed to be a democracy. Well, yeah. yeah, but I just mean like even the ones that have like a central topic, we always just like oh, yeah. revert. We get down the same rabbit hole. It just goes to show you how far reaching the American government is in regards to everything in our society and why you should never trust them. And bringing it back to sports. Yeah, that, I'm getting depressed. Let's go back to sports that, and get so, weirdly depressed in a different way. Like you like you were kind of saying the government or not the government, the United States like history is all set up sort of like on the backs of uh, African Americans. Like we were a slave nation and it was it's weird looking at really any sports league now and seeing largely black players have their bodies exploited to make these fucking billionaire white owners money. And the NFL, I think, is a very, very good example of it. Not only just because of the amount of money that these owners are taking in relative to the players, but the the combine is one of the fucking weirdest things. It's televised, and it's these scouts. So the combine happens after players declare for the draft in college. Re- really quick, this sounds like an event that happens in like Mad Max or some shit. Yeah, dude. Oh. It does. I thought you were going to say Columbine. <laughs> uh, so the, the Combine is hosted by two lovely young boys. <laughs> D- Dylan and Eric. <laughs> so, no, they the Combine, it's televised. And on the NFL, also, the fact that these players are making as little money as they are, like relative to the amount of work they're putting in and how short their careers are. And the NFL are, is able to make all this money for the owners, start a fucking huge media company in NFL media. And, like, I listen to NFL media podcasts. I read NFL.com. The, I like they have good writers and good podcasters and good journalists who a lot of times try to like sort of slip under the radar like the way the NFL treats players is very bad um, mm-hmm. but the fact that they have this money to start this huge media company now they're going to be in the uh, St. Uh, not St. Louis anymore Los Angeles Rams are building this huge new facility that's going to house NFL media inside of it it's going to be like it's going to be like Jerry World in Dallas except even bigger and better didn't the St. Louis Rams just open another stadium in Los Angeles? No, they moved from St. Louis to LA. They were practice they were playing at um, I think the Rose Bowl maybe or maybe LA Coliseum, I can't remember. Oh. While while they're working on building their new stadium. But the combine, so the combine for those who are not aware, happens after players declare for the draft, the NFL draft, they all go to Indianapolis and wear underwear and no shirts and like do workouts for all these scouts to like see how much they can bench press, see how fast they can run. Um, then they make them take, uh, it's not an IQ test, but it's like, I forget what it's called, the Wonderlick test. It's a te- It's like a, sort of like an IQ test where you have to like, it's testing knowledge and like, they're like, basically like, observing these people like they're a product that they're trying to de- decide whether or not they're worth investing a first round pick in or a second round pick in. Jesus fucking it's, Christ. It's very, very and like reminiscent it's, of a slave auction. Yeah, dude, it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. And just all of that related. It, it is impossible. And it's super fucking annoying seeing like the people. This happens, I think, more in the NBA than the NFL, but the people who get like super pissed off at a player who reaches the end of their contract and then goes into free agency and signs with a team for like a ton of money. So like when I'm not sure I when, when LeBron James leaves Cleveland to go to Miami back, I forget what year that was like 2011, maybe 10, something like that. He somewhere. Yeah. Cleveland fans are like went and like burned his Jersey. Dan Gilbert is who's the owner who, and is one of the, biggest fucking piece of shit. He makes his money on like homes foreclosing and shit. He he's like a mortgage guy or whatever. He sucks. He like wrote an open letter uh to LeBron James saying like you were we never needed you blah blah blah. You're 
spitting in the face of the city that raised you when all he did was go he's like i you aren't giving me anything i'm not making i'm gonna go here to miami make money and win a championship and then come back and fans side with owners over players these owners make billion like generally i don't like millionaires but if i have to choose between a millionaire and a billionaire i'm going to take the millionaire side especially when the millionaire is actually doing some sort of fucking labor in order to make their money i don't know the 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 way players and players do the same thing like when a player or sorry fans do the same thing when a player gets traded which the player has no say in at all they just get like shipped off to another city and like that's what happened um uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was the point guard in Boston, and he got sent to Cleveland. Uh, and he got like player fans were burning his jersey and shit. And he was like, "This is a player who played the in a playoff game the day after his sister died." And because he's like, "I love Boston. Boston is here for me." My sister died. I'm gonna play for Boston. Then he gets traded away to Cleveland. And fans like post videos tagging him, like burning his jersey for betraying the team by getting traded. Traded away again in Margarita. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we, uh, I just want to point out how fucking sad that made Maggie and me. That did make us very sad. Jesus Christ. I wanted to interject at one point earlier on and then. I didn't really. You know, you've got a ton of stuff that I don't know if we're going to find a natural flow to get yeah, into you can all just of go it. Through it. Please go off. I want to interject when you were, you guys were talking about race and football too, because did you guys see the OJ Simpson, the like five part, four part ESPN documentary? Yeah, it's very good. The whole first episode talks, and it's really interesting about uh, him specifically and like race and football and how it how intersects. He tried to distance himself from being black. Yeah. So like the black community still rooted for him because he was like representative of like, and someone who like succeeded and was up and coming, but he still kept getting groomed by like, like white people. And I, it kind of seemed like the whole documentary was trying to frame it. Like that was a lot of why he got away with the murder was because like, I think like he wasn't seen as like, a typically like violent black man because at some point he kind of just uh, he distanced himself from the community. He even said, "I'm not black. I'm OJ." That's a quote oh. from him. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was. I mean, OJ Simpson is a different thing on itself. I just thought that I don't know a lot about football, and that's just one race and football situation I can think of. Do you know what team OJ Simpson played for? Let me, Chris. Uh, Cleveland Browns. The Buffalo Bills. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Where even is that? In Buffalo, New York. <laughs> oh. It's like, well, yeah. yeah, the team is called the Bills. It's not Wasn't like they're that, called the, the Buffalo Bills. That the team. whole case was taking uh, place during the Rodney King stuff, right? Right around the same time, yeah. Yeah. There's another good, I mean, I'm going to keep going back to 30 for 30s. There's a very good 30 for 30. I forget what it's called. It's whatever that the date of the OJ car chase. You were telling me about this. Yeah, it's really cool. It's whatever the date of the OJ car chase was, and it's about all the other sports stuff that was going on that day. Like the, the white Bronco. The the New York Rangers had won the Stanley Cup, and their parade was that day. There was a NBA Finals game, like Game Six of the NBA Finals was that day. It was Arnold Palmer's last game as a professional golfer was that day, and it's about how everything was overshadowed by the OJ chase. And the whole documentary is done without any narration or anything like that. It's all just using. Like TV clips, uh, radio clips, news clippings from that day with no, like tying the whole thing together. Very interesting. Not really related to what we're talking about, but it's good. Dude, very cool that Arnold Palmer was a golfer, but more importantly, created Arnold Palmer's. You know what I'm saying? He was the first person to mix tea and lemonade. Yeah, he was. Mixed tea and spilled the tea, sis. So why don't you spill some tea? Yeah, spill some tea. You've got so much fucking shit. I want to hear it all. I already talked about like most of it, but I do have my little Dreamland book annotated. Um, let's see. What is Dreamland? Okay, so Dreamland is just about the opioid crisis. So basically it talks about uh, most of the things that I talked about and how like, I don't know, I annotated interesting ones. So states in, I think it was like 2001, a ton of states passed laws exempting doctors from prosecution if they prescribed opiates for pain within the practice of responsible health care. And like, I don't know, the whole, it's, I mean, I just got a lot of shit about the opioid crisis. It's just like super fucked up. They went off of one study that was like, you can't get addicted to it. And then doctors would get taken out on like these 
super extravagant vacations by pharmaceutical companies. Like they'd go to like resorts and they'd go golfing and these pharmaceutical companies would like, I think they made like $3.1 million after like maybe even only like five years, but something crazy like that. And they would just sell to these doctors and like it was so unregulated for so long and it's crazy. Oh, but one of the most interesting things about Dreamland is it talks, so it talks about opioids, it talks about heroin addiction. And so heroin dealers from Mexico, they actually first came to America for the pro, uh, for the promise of Levi 501s, like jeans. They just wanted fancy Those jeans. Those are nice jeans. Yeah. So they would come, they would deal, and then they would just get these like really fancy Levi's. I have literally nothing on football. I just <laughs> am so about the opioid crisis and reading about it. I just thought of something that related to women's issues in uh, football. Oh, what's up? So this is from the New York Times. Okay. From May 2nd, 2018. This is Washington Redskins cheerleaders describe topless photo shoot in an uneasy night out. When the Washington Redskins took their cheerleading squad to Costa Rica in 2013 for a calendar photo shoot, the first cause for concern among the cheerleaders came when the Redskins officials collected their passports upon arrival at the resort, depriving them of their official identification. For the photo shoot at the adults-only Occidental Grand Papageo Resort on Culebra Bay, some of the cheerleaders said they were required to be topless, though the photographs used for the calendar would not show nudity. Others wore nothing but body paint. Given the resort's uh, secluded settings, such revealing poses would not have been a concern for the women, except for the Redskins had invited spectators. A contingent of sponsors and FedEx field suite holders, all men, were granted up-close access to the photo shoots. One evening, at the end of a 14-hour day that included posing and dance practices, the squad's director told nine of the 36 cheerleaders that their work was not done. They had a special assignment for the night. Some of the male sponsors had picked them to be personal escorts to the nightclub. Are you fucking kidding? No. So get back to your room and get ready, the director told them. Several of them began to cry. So didn't Christina just write about how NFL yeah. cheerleaders need to unionize? Yeah, yeah for, I, for more on if you want to well, read they the don't ex, get they don't get paid a lot. They, they get all. paid absolutely they get paid less than minimum wage. Yeah. If you want to read an excellent article on the NFL cheerleader situation and how they're exploited, our very own Christina of Thought Police wrote an article for Vice titled NFL Cheerleaders Need a Union. Please look it up. Yeah, it's a very, very good article. The way... and I, It's just, there's so much around sports too, and it's particularly football. And I think it has a lot to do with like the physical aspect of it that I think that violence is just so pent up in football and then they cover all these CTE research things so they can't get the fucking help they need and then so many of them, like, they can't differentiate between right and wrong. And it's so, it's not only frustrating how they treat their significant others, it's frustrating how, like, especially, obviously, the cheerleaders, that's, like, really fucked up that they treat them like that. And I mean, but you look at how cheerleaders have been treated in the NFL and like how they're forced to dress, how they're forced to act. They're like, they're not allowed to, if, if they're at a restaurant and a player on their team comes in, they have to leave the restaurant because they're not allowed to talk to the players at all. It's the fucking weirdest rules in the world. That's some and Mike it, Pence shit. Yeah, dude. And it's all put on the cheerleaders. It's fucking weird. You're right. There, there is this like Maggie. That that culture of violence is strange because it's sort of innate in the sport of NFL. Mm-hmm. That th- other sports like baseball and well, really baseball is the only one I can think of that fits this like tennis or example. Whatever. Yeah, tennis. The the idea of contact between two people is forbidden. That. For baseball, the most contact you get is being tagged out. Yeah. And it's or like a not, slide or something. Or a slide. And there's it's not violent, but in football, the crux of the sport is built around that violence. It's, and, it, and, and, I, and it's not even just the, the one player hitting the end of the player to end the play. They're, the linemen are hitting each other. That's, and that's who most suffers from CTE. And it's not the big fucking hits that cause it. It's mm-hmm. the same with boxing. It's like the over and over again little taps that keep getting you. It's And the linemen, so there's like you know, three to four guys on each side who are just smashing their heads into together every fucking play over and over and over again. And that's who gets CTE. They're just treated like fucking animals and like nothing changes. It's like, what enjoyment do people get from being like, let's take these two people, build them up to be like trucks 
and then just have them fucking ram into each other. I truly don't understand it. And then people keep coming out with research, but and then people acknowledge it, but then they keep watching it and I feel like nothing changes. Well, that line of thought you were talking about earlier is absolutely correct. There is an incentive to encourage the violence and to sweep away any of the side effects of that. Things like abusing women and CTE are absolutely going to happen without proper precautions, but there is such a strong financial incentive to hide it as much as possible and encourage the things that are causing it. And there's such a weird dichotomy with like sports in general, where especially I feel like football is the most. I mean, I understand there's baseball and softball, but like football, it's like unheard of. Like you think of like the NFL, you're like, there's never going to be a woman in the NFL. I'm sure there's never been a woman in the NFL. It's so split between genders and the you. So you take the violence of men just running into each other. And whenever I think of football, it's just so associated with masculinity and masculinity is so associated with power and selfish gain and like violence. And then they don't get properly educated on anything. So of course they're going to fucking beat their wives. It's so bad. Like, I don't know. And I think I, I think it's hard to generalize. I'm sure there's good football players out there. I don't give a fuck about football, so I don't research it. But like, for the most part, you look at such a centralized, like like 44 act, uh, active players in 2015, two of them like actually got charged. And it's just because they had to see the light of day. That's insane statistics. And I'm sure it goes up as like violence against women has become more publicized. I don't know. Cause there's like a weird maybe, and maybe, you know, there are women who are like Laura Bufonda, this like super racist, beautiful blonde girl from my opinion class who like married the football college player from Iowa. And they're like the perfect white couple. And they're like bland and boring. And you're like, okay, whatever. But like, what about like women who are like challenging and intelligent and like, okay, wait, I'm just ripping on Laura Bufonda. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't even know if that's her last name or if I just started saying it, but she, I'm sorry. She said reverse racism was real and like, oh boy. And she's a, she's a sports journalist and like, okay. She's a sports journalist. She, she's dating. I'm trying to decide if I want this cut. Like, I just hate her so much. Well, she's a, she's a sports journalist. She's a public figure, so we can shit on her as much as we want. Oh, cool. She has, like, a following, too. I just, like, I don't know. I didn't like her. She did bring up good points in class about, like, how cheerleading is a legitimate sport. And it was like, okay. But then she said, like, this is just, I'm sorry, totally ripping on her. Like, Beyonce, like, it was after the Super Bowl, Bowl, and she said it was, like, the Black Panther Party sort of a thing, and why that's, like, bad, and then she said reverse racism is real. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think I went so off to just rant on Laura. But anyways, quintessential little perfect debutante, Laura. God, I feel like so much inner misogyny is coming out. I just don't like her as a person. Okay, wait. I'm I'm going off the rails. I don't know where my original point was. I think real quickly, since we're Gonna shit on Laura Bufanda being a bad sports journalist. <laughs> we should put out there are good sports journalists who do do a good job of covering like race in the NFL, player unions, stuff like that. So I would like to say, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably already follow him, but um, John Boyce at SB Nation is really good, and David J Roth at Deadspin is really really good at covering these sorts of things. So check them out. Do you know any women? Uh, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of women in sports journalism that have a huge platform. Um, there's a few. Uh, at the if you oh if you listen to the around the NFL po- uh, podcast, which is unfortunately an NFL media podcast, they do have a uh, few women that are on pretty frequently who are all really really good. They're not none of them are like regular contributors because they're mostly the TV like they have TV stuff they have to do. But when they're on the podcast, they're really good. So check them out. Also, those guys are very good too. Hey guys, and also breaking news: Kanye West reportedly might be creative directing the first Pornhub Awards. Oh, that would rule. So check that out in the future if so that's a thing. Is that going to be a competitor for the AVN Awards? Oh yeah, it must. Be. And I imagine it would probably do better. Yeah. At least, yeah. I imagine AVN's got plenty of shit circling it. Yeah. Um. How long have we done? An hour and three minutes. Holy shit! I have to pee. Yeah. All right. Want to do plugs real quick? Yeah. 
So that's the end of the episode. Uh, Becky, you got any plugs? I hope that was fun for you guys. Um, listen. Oh, wait. I don't know what I'm plugging. Just honestly, just hang out on my Twitter. It's Maggie underscore Gates. You guys already know me. At the end of September, there is a premiere party for Life of Harold, which was a web series I created the past year. It took a lot of energy. And so if you're in Chicago, you should come to that. Otherwise... Uh, Laura and I are filming a web series next month. I'm so drained creatively. Hey, Rory here. Uh, this is a message for all my people in committed relationships. Uh, listen to your partner. It's really easy to fuck up and hurt someone you love and just make sure you're doing the right thing and not fucking up and doing anything rash in the moment. Cool. Okay, I would say a good way to if you're like me and you enjoy the NFL but don't want them to get your ratings watch uh watch pirated streams on Reddit and hey you know what else I think I'm going to start doing for um the football season uh me and my cousin might do some Monday night football commentary so just Twitch IRL where we'll be watching football and talking to you guys in the chat we will be watching on Reddit so if you watch on Reddit you'll be sure to be at the exact same time signature thing as us so that uh the twitch stream is ho county pd uh i might uh, i mean some stuff's going down at the outline so i don't know if my f- thing about football is ever going to come out but if it does look for that at the outline and just for all you snitches out there uh pirated streams the onus is on the streamer and not the watcher so we can't get in trouble for it pirate bay is down right now right it's not yeah <laughs> bye bye, bye. bye.